you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. We're going to talk about an event that happened a few days ago aboard Norwegian Spirit on a 14-night cruise out of Southampton to the Norwegian fjords, and it was supposed to go over to Iceland and all that. Long story short, the ship had to skip quite a few ports of call because of bad weather, which wasn't the cruise line's fault, but the people were not happy, so the passengers started pretty much rioting. I don't want to sound dramatic, but that's what they were doing in the atrium on Norwegian Spirit. Norwegian finally gave in and gave them a 25% future cruise credit, I think just to pacify them and to basically shut them up. So we actually have Matt on the line right now, and Matt's on board Norwegian Spirit. We're joining him via Facebook Voice, so it could go in and out. Just beware. Sometimes connectivity is beyond our control. Also standing by is America's most quoted cruise expert, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Let's jump to Matt first, who is on board Norwegian Spirit as we speak. Matt, thanks for coming on today. Sure. Where did you embark Norwegian Spirit, and how long of a cruise is this? We embarked from Southampton. It's a 14-day cruise, uh, which... Southampton's a port out of London. It's about an hour and a half south of London. The weather when you boarded, did it start getting bad as soon as you set sail from Southampton? and Or did it get like progressively worse as you went on? No, it was pretty bad. Uh, it wasn't raining when we boarded. It was uh, a little chilly and misty. Um, but as we checked in, they told us that our original uh, port of call the next day was supposed to be in Amsterdam. Uh, but as we checked in, they gave us a notice saying that they had changed the itinerary and the weather was too bad in Amsterdam. So they had uh, changed the first port to Le Havre uh, in France, which is just across the channel. Um, so when we left that night, um, you know, they were trying to sell excursions to Le Havre and, you know, everybody was kind of scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. And then that night, it was it was probably the worst night at sea we've had. Almost got thrown out of bed a couple of times. The seas were really, really rough. So when we got that next morning uh, ready to go to Le Havre, you know, I kind of felt we might not be able to get in because it was it was pretty rough. And then, of course, they came on about 15 minutes before we were supposed to dock and said we had to abort. We're going to have another sea day, and we're going to head to Norway, which at that point, we just wanted some calmer seas. So we were we were ready for anything different than what we were, had experienced that night. So it sounds like the first few days of the cruise went, you know, not as planned, but was okay, I guess. When did everything start falling apart? That wasn't until Monday. Um, so uh, it was probably a good week into the cruise um, or 10 days into the cruise. So at that point, our next two stops were Bergen in France and Flom. So we had two sea days, well, a total of three because we missed uh, La Havre and um, Amsterdam on that first day. So we had three sea days. Then we went to Bergen in Norway. Then we went to Flom in Norway. After we left Flom, they announced our next stop was supposed to be Geringer in Norway. They announced that night that Hurricane Lorenzo was coming through the Atlantic. They didn't see a problem getting to Iceland, but they were afraid they would catch Lorenzo on the way back mm -hmm. from Iceland to Ireland. Um, so what they did at that point was they canceled the trip altogether to Iceland. They added two more stops in Norway and added one in Scotland. 
So the two stops, so we basically had a total of five stops in a row in Norway, which we were able to make. Mm -hmm. Then two sea days down to Scotland. Scotland was on Monday. So people were pretty disappointed at that point after the two missed ports on the first day. That kind of felt like a lot of what I was hearing around the ship where they should have never, they should have never made the La Have. They could have, you know, if the weather was bad enough in Amsterdam, La Have's not that far. It's right. just across the channel. You know, they didn't open up the internet. There's a lot of people who had booked excursions at last minute in La Have that weren't able to get their money back. You know, so just normal disruption. So after the five stops in Norway, we had two sea days back. When we got into Glasgow, in Iceland, we missed a total of three days. Uh, they did add the two in Norway. Uh, but when we got to Glasgow that morning, we were supposed to dock at 8 o'clock. At about 8.15, they came on and said there was another ship that was next to where we were supposed to dock that was getting repaired. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, they needed an extra hour to get it moved out of the way so that we could dock. At 9.45, they came on again and said the winds were too strong. We weren't going to be able to make it into Scotland, and we would have another sea day on our way to Ireland. So at that point, that was Monday. I guess about 10 days into the cruise, that's when everybody started gathering in the atrium uh, and just, it escalated pretty quickly. Um, you had a couple of people that were just, you know, being idiots, getting loud, and it just turned into, you know, just a mob mentality uh, is the easiest way to explain it. I mean, obviously the weather and the missed ports of call was the trigger point, but what was the point where people were like, you know what, let's start, let's form a mutiny and be heard? Well, when we came down, we were in our room. We, just, um, we had went and uh, just decided, you know what, we're just going to hang out in the room. The seas had been extremely rough again for those two sea days. Um, we just had not had any good weather during this trip. Um, so... We didn't get down to the lobby until probably, I don't know, 10 o'clock-ish. We went down to get coffee, and when we went down there to see get the coffee, that's when I started recording because I was like, what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. But it had already gotten to a pretty big frenzy at that point. I mean, basically, the general manager had come out. His name is Alonzo, um, had come out and tried to talk over everybody. Um, and that's when a couple of people got in his face, started yelling, and rather than handle him or pull him aside, he gets upset, walks off, and just leaves everybody. The poor people that get services, uh, I really felt bad for them because there's nothing they can do. You know, I mean, uh, there really wasn't anything Alonzo could do. But I'm sorry, when you're in a management situation like that, uh, you know, stuff's getting out of hand. You've got to handle it a little bit better than that and, uh, you know, let people yell and scream and explain to them what the circumstances were. It was weather. They didn't, they can't control that. Leaving the situation was the absolute worst thing he could have done because that took the vocal minority and just, they started chanting and yelling and clapping and asking everybody to sign a petition. It just went on and on and on. We left after about 20 or 30 minutes of watching the nonsense, came back about two o'clock and everything had started. It was still going at like two 30 in the afternoon. And I sent you that picture of, of where they, you know, shame on NCL and mm -hmm. put it all over the floor. Um, you know, you got people in the atrium trying to uh, take pictures and, you know, for their photographs. And they're walking over these signs <laughs> that they're saying shame on NCL, uh, you know. Uh, and I don't know why they didn't take those down. They just let them sit there. And, you know. Norwegian Cruise Line finally offered, what, a 25% future cruise credit? 
Right. Yeah, they offered everybody that afternoon. Uh, they came back and put a letter in everybody's room that said you have 25% off of a future cruise credit. They don't have to do anything, uh, right. you know, according to the cruise contract. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they did anything out of the ordinary. I don't think that the seas, like I said, especially on that first night, were very rough. I had no problem with them missing the ports. Uh, my issues with Norwegian, really more than anything, were just how the management staff handled the situation and allowed it to get to the point where there was genuine concern a lot of the guests for their safety not from the seas but really from the mob you know from just people getting out of hand and the yelling and the screaming and the you know it's like i think that uh, they they could have handled that quite a bit better is that what you think made ncl crack and pay the 25 percent future cruise credit was the rallying down in the atrium I, I think so. I yeah. think so. You know, I, I, it was definitely a vocal minority. Um, but, you know, what was silly was even after they had offered that 25% off, uh, they were still trying to, you know, you know, just be loud and uh, call the gen- general manager back to the atrium. Um, in a situation like that, once it gets to a certain point, I don't think anything they could have done would have made outside of giving everybody their money back, which they, I don't see that they need to do that, would it would have made any difference to to those people that were being obnoxious looking back what could have ncl done better i think the biggest thing they could have done is uh get the management staff uh involved with the people that were being rowdy pull them aside get them out of the atrium or deal with them one-on-one instead of running away from the problem i think that allowed it to escalate i think that allowed it to go on a lot longer than it should have um compensation is great um, you know, I'm sure some people see that as, uh, I don't know if we'll cruise with NCL again, but, you know, it's just better than nothing. Is this your first time sailing NCL? Yeah, we've done, um, I think, eight Carnival, six with Royal. We've done two with Celebrity. This is our first in Norwegian. Well, Matt, thanks for your time, man. I hope that the next leg of the cruise goes a little bit better for you. Honestly, the, the, the staff has been really good. Um, you know, our service um, has been really outstanding. Uh, the ship definitely needs a little bit of an update, uh, but I guess it's going into dry dock in January. You know, we're uh, we're we're definitely not at home. <laughs> yeah, you said you're doing a back to back. Where's your next cruise to? All through the Med. Hopefully, a lot warmer weather and uh, better seas. Matt, I appreciate you dialing in and sharing a few moments with us. Thank you, buddy. Sure, sure. I'm glad we could able connect with the internet. On the line now is Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, America's most quoted cruise expert. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. So we just heard from Matt. He's on board Spirit, and he agrees that the cruise line does not control the weather. What are your thoughts on this? Like, what should the cruise what line have? He doesn't think that NCL controls the weather? That's that's crazy. Of course they control the weather. I mean, they control climate change. I mean, they control the weather the sun sets or you know sun rises. They control the times. I mean, this whole thing is so utterly absurd. The cruise line, you know, specifically in this case, um, NCL, you know, they, they went above and beyond, you know, trying to help resolve this in an amicable manner and offered the passengers a 25% future cruise credit when they owed them nothing. It's so important to look and read the passenger contract, the cruise line uh, cruise lines do not owe any any monies back, any refunds, if the itineraries change. Believe me when I tell you that no cruise ship is going to want to alter an itinerary. It costs them a lot of money in additional fuel to have to head toward a port and then be turned away because of weather. 
I mean, this is complete. Look, we're all, it, the, these ships are on the ocean. And, you know, not only, you know, the, the seas can be rough. I mean, it could be a sunny day out there, but the seas could be rough and they miss ports. It's unfortunate. But the cruise lines are not going to jeopardize the cruise ship or the passengers in order to force um, arrivals uh, and departures of, of their ships in various ports. But, Stuart, could this be compared to cruising the Caribbean in September during hurricane season? I mean, what's the weather like in northern Europe this time of year? Northern Europe, the weather can be very rough. Um, the, it's, it's, it's cold. It's rainy. The seas can be rough. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, they have to get the ships that were based, you know, let's say up in the North Sea or, you know, sailing, you know, to St. Petersburg and Helsinki. And at some point, you know, like Norwegian Spirit, it's going to make its way back to the United States. Mm -hmm. And there are some pastors. I mean, this is a shoulder season. I mean, Alaska, you know, they have their shoulder seasons um, before and after uh, going, you know, to Europe, the Caribbean. I mean, every every destination has their shoulder seasons. Some some points of the calendar, it's great. And then sometimes of the year, it's not. In this case, this ship was heavily discounted. And these passengers got a heck of a deal. Now, of course, NCL wanted to make every port uh, that was on the schedule. And unfortunately, due to bad weather, they were unable to do so. Okay, so we know the cruise line doesn't control the weather. So why would they give compensation? Well, there were a few passengers that were, you know, instigating issues. And uh, I could tell you, you know, that, you know, this this had to have gone all the way to the top. And as a gesture of goodwill... Uh, and the number, and taking into account the number of ports that were missed, again, they didn't control the weather. That they thought that this was a prudent decision to make. The worst part of this whole thing, Doug, was not the missed ports, but the way these, you know, the way the, several of these passengers be misbehaved, and how they ruined or imp- negatively impacted the experience of the other passengers. The cruise line, in this case, Norwegian Cruise Line, they provided. The 14-night cruise, they provided the itinerary as best they could based on the weather, and the ship itself operated normally. The entertainment, the shows, and everything else went on as scheduled, as contracted. Well, what should the cruise lines do with these rowdy passengers? Well, considering this is the second occurrence in three weeks, personally, I think that um, disgruntled passengers creating a mutinous uh, climate on board the ship just like they've done with, you know, let's say passengers not showing up for lifeboat drills or passengers misbehaving, they get them off at the next port of call. And in this mm-hmm. case, if it was 100 or 200 passengers, they should have gone to another port and offloaded these passengers that were causing these disturbances because they were ruining the vacation of others and you don't have that right. The cruise lines have these provisions in the contract. To do this, and I've seen passengers being removed from these ships, and it's just absolutely inexcusable. You want to write a letter, write a letter. You're, you're upset, you know. I'm, I believe me. I've, I've seen plenty of times where the ship senior officers will sit down with a passenger and and discuss their issues with them. But causing a rebellion, it's, it's it creates a not only an unpleasant situation, Doug, but it also can create a very uh, unsafe 
environment for for passengers because you know in no time fights and 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 you know furniture can be um, you know used to to injure others that may have different opinions and it's you know they so the bottom line is the cruise the cruise lines have an obligation to ensure that their passengers are safe mm-hmm. and they, they they should uh, consider getting you know these passengers removed uh, from these ships expeditiously. And I think it's worth repeating, too, that – and I know we when we check in for our cruises, we just kind of breeze through the, uh, the cruise contract and just click accept. But read your cruise contract to know what you're getting into. Absolutely. And uh, especially, you know, during times of the of the year. I mean, I, I thought, you know, at, at this point, Doug, I mean, so many people – I mean, 30 million people are going on a cruise – in 2019 that, and this isn't the first time we've heard of cruise ships missing ports. I mean, you know, there's, you know, for, for example, a few years ago, there was a Royal Caribbean ship that was supposed to go to Bermuda, but because of a tropical storm that was going to intersect and actually hit Bermuda, the uh, Royal Caribbean instead went to Canada, New England. Now, the passenger, there were several passengers that were upset because they didn't bring the proper clothes and they felt that the cruise line should bring the ship and, and take it through a tropical storm <laughs> and and uh, they should be sitting uh, in Bermuda, even though, you know, on the ship, even though they would not be able to uh, to dock uh, and allow passengers off. But the cruise lines have to think and, and, and realize, look, they're not going to jeopardize the ship or the passenger safety. And that, you know, passengers have got to understand that they will make um, prudent decisions to ensure that everyone and everything is is safe and is done. And they're going to err in the in, on the side of caution. But pastors have got to understand that, uh, you know, itineraries change. Uh, they may flip itineraries. They may have to substitute ports. They may have to cancel ports. But the ship itself is going to continue to operate as they're supposed to do. And, you know, there's got to be, you know, listen, when you go on trips you can go on when you travel around the world, look, one of the things that we tell people, Doug, is you have to pack some patience and some understanding. Stuart Sheeran, America's most quoted cruise expert. You can find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, my pleasure. A big thank you to Matt for checking in aboard Norwegian Spirit. He's actually on his second leg right now of his jaunt across the northern Europe and Mediterranean. And as always, great to talk to Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What do you think? I want to throw it to you now. Should Norwegian have paid these guests a 25% future cruise credit or should they just not get anything? I don't know. Personally, it's the weather. We've said it a million times on this broadcast. The cruise line doesn't control it. It's in the cruise contract. You know you're getting into kind of hairy weather this time of year in Northern Europe. It's the same way in Alaska right now if you wanted to cruise Alaska, which no ships are up there in October, but it would be the same type of weather up there as well. Lots of wind, high seas, and all of that. But I want to know your thoughts. Doug at cruiseradio.net. You can also leave a comment in the Cruise Radio News Facebook group or hit me up on Twitter at Cruise Radio. All right, tomorrow I'm heading to Asia, Cambodia, and Vietnam. So next time we talk, I'll be way across the ditch. So we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Take care.